What's up, Wiz kids, and welcome to Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Chris Gearing and Zach Rosen. We have a great show for you today. We'll talk about the Wizards on a four-game winning streak. Really excited about how they're playing coming off of that win at Miami. I wish I was there for Miami. I love that city. But also, we're going to have Patrick Ruby. He's a writer, editor, journalist working for Vice Media and has done some work for other media outlets as well. Really excited to have him on the show to talk NBA basketball, so looking forward to that. He's a big Wizards fan too, DC-based, so um, I, I think you all will enjoy getting to hear a different voice than ours, although I know, WizKids, you really enjoy listening to us, and we really appreciate that support that you give us on this podcast. Uh, Chris, Zach, uh, we got two games, Sacramento and then at Miami since our last pod. Uh, what are your impressions of the team? I feel like they're hitting a really good early stride. And John Wall, although although I will say that some of those layups were a little bit ridiculous, um, he's just playing really well. Like, I don't understand the defense in Miami. That one behind the back where he went through, like, the entire team and the bench. I mean, it was just, gosh, he's, he's really good. And I'm, I, I really enjoy watching him. I think we can look back at the last four games, the whole winning streak, the defense has been spectacular, holding opponents under 100 points. I mean, you play teams like the Lakers, Hawks, and Kings, you're supposed to do that. But a team like Miami, which is going, they're going to make the playoffs in the East, and we get to see them again on Friday here. It's important to, to lock down every team. It doesn't matter if they're supposed to be lower than you in competition or um, better than you. You need to play each team the same. The other thing that's really stuck out to me has been the interior defense and the paint. They're holding opponents under 50% shooting in the paint I mean like it's a it's a collective effort Gortat Mahinmi Keefe's back uh the defense is just stepping it up they're they're realizing that hey we need to play this brand of basketball every game uh I think that Dallas game was a huge wake-up call and and John talked about that um this past week I know Brad did too in his blog check that out bradleybeal.net uh, so, I mean, just exciting to see this team play to its potential. Some really crucial games coming up to, to round out the month. So to, to get in this rhythm now was really important. Definitely. And I think we've talked throughout the beginning of this year, the kind of like torrid pace the NBA is off to kind of across the league. I mean, the, the general pace of the game possessions per game all those things are, are skyrocketing right now and so for the Wizards to hold four straight teams I don't, I don't really care who they are for them to hold four straight teams under 100 points that's a big accomplishment for this team and it is the exact identity that Scott Brooks has tried to install since he got here last season so to see that is is really great I also just like the I liked the the flow of the game last night in in Miami a really strong first quarter, got up like 11 points or whatever, and then finished as well, scoring like 30 points in the fourth quarter, holding Miami to I think like under 20 in the fourth quarter as well. And so that kind of like jumping out, we you know Miami on their home floor would make a run. Teams do that, especially on their home floor, especially coming out of the half. It's 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 like a natural time, and certainly it's been a, a trouble spot for the Wizards yeah. too defensively in that third quarter and that happened last night but I but I more importantly like the way that they executed down the stretch on both ends of the floor um we'll talk about defense all season no question um but to see them really put together a complete game last night was was encouraging and it's exactly what we wanted we want to see from them John Wall is, is incredible you know he put 
his game was on display again last night. I feel like it's something that we're used to seeing now, but you know, he makes special plays on a nightly basis that that people that just you know, now, your average NBA player just can't make and that's saying something because obviously your NBA your average NBA player is is one of the best in the world. So. And of course, he would say he'd like to be making more jumpers and three-pointers, increase that percentage too, but he's so good driving to the lane. I want to know from you guys, what do you think is this something or nothing? The fact that the Wizards are undefeated when John Wall is the leading scorer. Now, granted, they won some games when Beal was the leading scorer. They won one when Otto was the leading scorer. But when Wall has led the team in scoring, they have not lost this season. I mean, yeah, I think that's the difference in one way is if John's jump shots are flowing, which is the difference between him not being the leading scorer and being the leading scorer, they're going to probably win almost every game because you can't defend him if he's making his jump shots because he scores so well at the rim. He's hard to defend in the pick and roll, and he's such a good passer. I would say, and I think he'd agree, though, that he'd rather have 20 points and 10 assists than 27 points and 6 assists. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the night. I mean, last night the the Wizards just didn't have as many assists in the first half. They were scoring really well, but the passing wasn't that great. Um, And this team has actually become so good at scoring off screen assists more so than just passes and and game flow but like the passing will come I think a little more now that keeps back in the mix and Kelly's playing more um but yeah it, it says a lot and John's actually shooting now better from three this season than Beal which is more so based it's on wild. his attempts yeah and yeah. Beal will get back up <laughs> yeah. he, last night was a poor shooting night but he you know he made 13 to 14 free throws you know you're not gonna make every shot every night it's about the freebies and making the shots that you that you're supposed to make more mm-hmm. so than a tough jump shot. Yeah, I mean John's elite at well, he's elite at a lot of things. But he's an elite athlete. He's um, incredible at putting pressure, and so to defend him one on one or to defend him from getting to the basket, you have to give him space. And when he makes jumpers in that space, when he steps in like that that area like between whatever the free throw line and the three point line. When he's hitting jumper, like you have to give him room there, otherwise yeah. he's gonna blow by you. That and nutmeg he, hits, he did on Whiteside, like, when he nutmeg Whiteside with the yeah. bounce pass and caught yeah. it back, it's like oh my god! Yeah, I mean that's the I, that's the quickness that like he and maybe two other people in the NBA have. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 lethal. And when you combine that, like we say all the time, with his passing ability, I have no doubt that Brad Beal will will find a better rhythm from three-point land he clearly already figured out you know the free throw thing last night and that's an interesting part of brad too that i know that he's been working on in his game over the last couple years is is trying to expand it get to the line if he's not shooting well how can he you know like john how can he attack and and still make a difference offensively Mm -hmm. the free throw line is is a great way i mean he has like we know his shooting stroke is one of the best in the nba from the free throw line he can get his points elsewhere that's helpful for him and and hopefully that'll help help jumpstart him into a better rhythm too i think from three-point line just seeing it go in and getting into a scoring rhythm so that these these past four games have been important for all those reasons and including getting keith back into the yeah back into the yeah fold. and and speaking of Keith I feel like huge is he more night. of an x-factor really? than maybe even an Otto and a Kelly like if he, he's going great then, he is then because, we're sold because Porter's more consistent we're set excuse me but yeah I think 
Kelly and, and Keefe are definitely the X factors on the team. If one of those or both those guys are scoring and defending like they can, yeah, the Wizards are so hard to beat. And you saw it last night. Nice I noticed before the jumper. game how the Heat were starting kind of four wings and white side, and I said, oh, wow, like Keefe has to take advantage of this. And he did. Yeah. He had 10 of his 15 in the first quarter. He did the same when he came back in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you just have to take advantage. And I know sometimes it's hard to match up maybe defensively, but when the Heat are putting out Justice Winslow in the starting lineup, you can kind of sacrifice having another big out there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to kill you offensively. And so I, I, I think that the Heat might start someone different tomorrow because of what happened against Keefe. But also, what about how Keefe came in the game in the fourth? I know he got ejected and fouled out and all that stuff, but yeah. the way he played defensively and allowed the team to switch with all five positions with you him need at that the swagger. center. Yeah, I mean, he's just... Yeah. When he, him and Wall came back in the game with like nine minutes to go, the game just completely switched back to the Wizards. It yeah. was pretty incredible. Yeah, Both uh, of those guys have that attitude, I feel like. And certainly, like, they have the skill set and the, you know, the physical ability, all those things. But those two, you, you, you can just tell that they have that, like, that killer mentality that when they step back on the floor, and I know that they have chemistry together as teammates. Mm-hmm. I know that they're close as teammates. And I know that, like, when they step on the floor in a big situation, I, they really – they believe that they're, like, going to come in and lock it down. And, and that's what they did. And Keefe is – he's so invaluable just because he plays with an edge. He's, su- he's super strong. Mm-hmm. And he can, he can bully people. He can, he can make a difference when they have a guy like Whiteside out there, when they have those bigs that the Heat can, can throw at you. So Yeah. Yeah, he's and, a, he's a big deal, and I, I also love just another thing that you mentioned Otto quickly. Every every game, I mean, last night he was what he was like five of eight. That's like, that's just that's easy for him. But then he also just threw in like thirteen rebounds or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, he just does wherever there's like a, I feel like wherever there's like a gap in the game, like he will just step in and be extremely efficient extremely productive he gets in you where he fits in whatever yeah. you need him he's to do just he's an doing invaluable it. piece to yeah, this team. where you need to where you need to get a bucket i mean he's automatic from all kinds of spots on the no floor. pun intended yeah automatic yeah no pun intended but <laughs> um it's just awesome to watch him play every night and i know that he's overlooked a lot on this team yeah because of for obvious reasons but um Hopefully that hopefully that changes a little bit. And the thing that I love is you get this not traditional back to back, but you're seeing the same team, almost like the playoff format. You know, you're yeah, seeing that same right. team. So you talk about not wanting to see a letdown in this game on Friday because Miami is going to make whatever adjustments they think they need to make to get a W. Mm-hmm. It's going to be important for the Wizards to to look at Wednesday's game in that third quarter. Look at the film, the third quarter. This is what we can't do on Friday because mm-hmm. we will lose because Drogic is going to be wide open suddenly. Uh, Dion Waiters is going to make more shots than he made on Wednesday. The game is probably going to be higher pace. Cause Not the first, getting them those second attempts. Oh, the second chance points were, I think, driving everyone crazy that was watching the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you take away that third quarter, for them to only be down three going into the fourth was huge. And then they go on a 29-13 run to win the game. I mean, I think the Wizards won the game besides that third quarter, like, just were clearly the better team. Yeah. The Heat were also returning from a long road trip, six gamer as as Jeremy likes to stay. Usually <laughs> your first game home after a long road trip is gonna be a loss. It yeah. happened to the Wizards with the Dallas game it was a huge dud. Or not the Dallas game, the Phoenix game. 
Um, yeah, you're right. Yep. So I I think yeah you 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 look back at Wednesday's game, but like shots are going to fall. Like Beal's going to make more of his shots. Mm-hmm. Wall's probably going to shoot less jump shots at home because he's going to get more calls going to the rim. Like there's little things, but yeah, I I like the home and home. It's fun, especially for like an interdivision battle. Yeah. With these two teams, it's really interesting because, like Zach said earlier, I I agree they will be a playoff team. I don't I don't see how the Heat, this team isn't a playoff team, especially if they stay healthy. I just think they're really they're they're a deep team. They have a lot of pieces. The other thing that we saw a little bit of, and there's you know there's the fatigue factor and all those things that play into this late in games, but it's a, they have a similar they still have that similar like late game issue where like where are they getting their points from mm-hmm. which is just it's it's a little confusing just because like we we talk about all this talent that they have all this ability that they have but it just seems a little disjointed for them down the down the stretch and it seemed that way a little bit last night too is it fair to say that it's disjointed and I imagine all coach coaches want the players to share the ball, but they're not Golden State. They don't just, you know, make the extra pass to that player. I think they feel yeah. like they have these defined roles that makes it tough for them the to be able to and, say who's yeah. gonna be the last who's gonna take the last they're shot. They're just built on yeah. pick and roll and when you're in the last five minutes of a game you can only pick and roll so many times. Yeah. And the other big problem for them is they don't have another I mean, Kelly Olinick can get hot, but besides Whiteside in terms of a paint presence, like who are you going to? Like mm-hmm. James Johnson was trying to be a paint presence last night, and he did not deliver for them. And I, I saw a lot of the Heat fans complaining about that Spolstra left him in the game too long and didn't bring Whiteside back. Which I mean, we can probably all agree on that. Yeah. So hey, yeah, the Whiteside's Wizards on the bench. Wizards Whiteside's are happy. I mean, you asked is, <laughs> yeah. is Morris the X factor? He's the X factor against the Heat, a hundred percent. I yeah. mean, they have no one who can guard him. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed this uh, great segment uh, recapping the last two games for the Washington Wizards and looking ahead. Really have to talk about the Kings game. I mean, the bench just delivered. Yeah, we, I we mean talked that, about some oh. of the themes. We're, we're, as we ha- as we're recording this, we're, we have NBA TV on in my office, and Sacramento just lost to the Hawks, one twenty six to eighty. I'm just happy that they're not playing to the level of their opponent, as we talked about they were doing at the yeah. beginning of the season, and they took care of business against Sacramento. I think we could see the Hawks have a better record than people thought too at the end of the year. I think the win yeah. the Wizards had against them Saturday was really impressive. Considering, I mean, they're very injury ridden, but they have some like good pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So they're also okay. well coached. This was a big, yeah. this was a good, this was a really important stretch. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it w- before it started. The Wizards, the Wizards delivered. And now they go into a portion of the schedule at the end of this month. That'll be, that will be a test. But yeah. I think it's a good, it's good timing for a test like this. I think that um, they're certainly playing a good basketball heading into it. So okay. and we won't get to talk to you guys until after the Toronto game Sunday, but that's also a huge game. That Toronto Milwaukee back to back is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. That's like playoff basketball. And Toronto days. just had two yeah. great wins. They look good over yeah. Houston. They're good. OGN and OB is getting yeah some, he's starting getting some minutes and um, and some hype. And yeah, I think he's an, he's an interesting guy to watch. Even though we just saw him, but we saw yeah. him in a much more limited role. I think it'll be he fun to, to see it again. All right, an interesting guy to sort of watch or read is Patrick Ruby and he will be up next on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Joining us now is Patrick Ruby, a DC-based sports journalist. He's covered everything from the NFL 
college sports, Major League Baseball. But if you heard from the beginning, he's from D.C., so of course he's a Wizards fan. He follows the NBA. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you for joining us on Off the Bench. How you doing? I'm good. It's great to be here. Excellent. Uh, so what what are your early impressions of the team so far? You're on with uh, the two of our guys, Chris Gehring and Zach Rosen, joining us as well. Jacob is here, too. He's chilling on the couch. He's going to jump in like a, a, you know, a closer, our, our sixth man. So what, what impresses me is that the team is right now uh, – seems to be in between their two extremes from last season, right? Like, in some ways, there was almost like three different teams last season, right? They started slow. They started pretty terribly. It looked like a mess. Then they were amazing. They were like the second-best team in the NBA was the 18-3 and run. Uh, I mean, they looked like world beaters. And then they sort of staggered around in between for the rest of the season. The starters looked really tired. They probably had played too many minutes. The bench was struggling, as it kind of had. Um and then I think we saw sort of closer to the actual team in the playoffs, um, the good and the bad. And I think this year, you know, what's impressed me is three of the core players you've seen take significant strides forward. So Otto Porter looks better, looks even more efficient, looks stronger, looks more confident. I've been really impressed with his overall play. Uh, is he all the way up to you know, justifying the max contract that he has? I think he's getting a lot closer. I think the people that were concerned about this about this summer have less to be concerned about now. Bradley Beal continues to improve dramatically when it comes to his ball handling and his ability to attack the basket. I mean, we haven't even really seen him find his stroke yet from beyond the arc, but he's getting so many more free throws, he's managed to still keep his points up and be quite efficient. I think that's a huge step. I mean, you guys remember the first couple of years of his career, uh, it was quite an adventure when he had to put the ball on the deck. Trying yeah. to figure out how to get to the basket. Uh, he, he ended up on the floor a lot. He ended up getting hurt a lot. He ended up getting stripped a lot. Uh, there was a real learning curve there, but I feel like it's paid off now. Uh, and Kelly Oubre, who works with Beal's trainer in the offseason, oh, yeah. also looks like he can actually Drew dribble Hanlon. with his offhand, which is great. And his shot looks better, too, which apparently he's been working on and trying to rebuild. Um, so I think those are all really the most positive signs. You know, This team's roster is pretty locked in in terms of salary, in terms of flexibility. Uh, we can go back to that in their point, but, you know, they're, they're pretty haunted by the summer of 2016 and some of the free agency decisions they made. Fortunately, on the upside, the, those, those guys that are here that can improve, those young guys I just talked about, they are improving. And that's probably where the Wizards have the best chance of getting better, at least in the foreseeable future. Yeah, Patrick, I think you, you hit on a lot of what we've been talking about, just the improvement from a core that's been together for a long time. Uh what what have kind of been your expectations this season? I know you said they this team has looked a lot different at times in the past year plus, but coming into this year, what were your expectations, and you know what have you seen? Well, I, I felt like if they could stay healthy, which is always the biggest in the NBA, um, and, and last year they were extremely fortunate in that regard, uh, that they would be about as good as last year maybe even a little bit better, right? Because if those young guys got a little better, that could be a couple more wins. Uh, and, you know, so far, so far to me, we're mostly at that level of expectation. Um, it's, it was disappointing to see them drop some extremely winnable games against some teams that are not very good. Um, and I don't know if that was an effort thing. I don't know if there, there were some injuries there that we don't know about thing. I don't know if that was uh, trying to gel. Maybe you know, the season started a couple weeks early this year. I don't know if that had something to do with it. It was really hard to tell. Um, but the defense looked really poor. 
Like, it looked as bad as it did at some of those points near the end of last regular season where the starters were just clearly gassed. They looked kind of gassed even though we were just starting out. Um, but lately, the last week or so, that seems to have turned around a bit. And to me, they're starting to look like the team I expected, which is, you know, a contender in the East, not necessarily a favorite, but a team that can give anyone uh, a good run, at least in one game or in a playoff series. When you look at this Eastern Conference, and certainly this team's stated goal is to make the Eastern Conference Finals, make a run at that. Now that you – it's it's early, and there are a lot of things that we don't know, and certainly the Celtics have caught fire. We saw the Cavs up close and personal here, certainly. But when you look at a seven-game series against some of these top teams in the East, based on what you've seen from the Wizards and – you know, hoping that maybe that playoff experience for everybody can produce some different results. What do you what do you think? How do you think the Wizards are stacking up against some of those teams and all the shifting that's that's gone on? I mean, it's you know the thing is there's been so much shifting in the East that I feel like it's too early to really know. Uh, again, especially when you consider health. You know, where are the all these teams going to be in April? Right? Who's going to still be healthy? Who's going to be doing nagging stuff? Who's going to be out? Who's going to be feeling great, right? It's really hard to know. Um, the Celtics look like, you know, they're really young. And they're, they're, most of their guys now that are important are just playing together for the first time. So if anything, you feel like in some ways they'll probably be better by the time the playoffs roll around. Um, although some of the shooting numbers they have you think might come down a little bit. You know, some of the really young guys are relying on you think might hit a wall might not be performing quite as well when you get there. And also, the playoffs are a different game, so sometimes experience really matters. Um, but they also have such a great coach in Brad Stevens. You feel like he can get around a lot of that. Um, so, I mean, I still think that's, that's going to be a tough series if the Celtics and Wizards play again, for sure. Um, obviously, the Cavs, they have LeBron. We saw that up close personal. You're right. I mean, you just cannot write him off or count him out at all. He is... Probably, you know, the, of at least the last decade, he's the captain of the Wizards killer team. I mean, he's, he's just continually tortured this franchise now through at least two iterations of the team, going back to the Gilbert Arias era. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you know, the Cavs are older. I don't think they're as talented. They clearly are sort of coasting right now, not quite figuring things out. Don't seem to care that much about defense, but as we saw last year in the playoffs, they might be able to put it together, at least when it comes to beating a team like the Wizards. Um so, I mean, those are like the two major competitors in the East, uh, again, assuming health. I think the Wizards have definitely um, – I think they leapfrogged Toronto, especially in the context of the playoffs. You know, Toronto probably has more depth overall. They've got some guys they've drafted the last few years who are now developing and seem to be good bench pieces. But in the playoffs, that doesn't matter quite as much, assuming you have health. You know, you lean on your starters really heavily. I think the Wizards' top-end talent is a little better – at this point than Toronto. It's certainly younger, and that matters. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of ways, even though there's been a lot of upheaval in the East, I think things that by the time we get to the playoffs are going to look pretty similar. The one wild card, I think, and you guys, I want to know you think about this, is Philadelphia, of all teams, who just, like, from a talent standpoint, is vastly improved. And physically, you know, Simmons and Embiid are kind of like monsters. And you just wonder, like, in a playoff series, okay, they don't have experience, so what happens if they just physically dominate? And not against the Wizards, but against anybody in the East. That's the one team I could see 
sort of throwing a wrench into everything because nobody really knows what they're going to be capable of, and they're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of the team that has two players that are unguardable. So if you don't have enough physical players against them, they they can dominate you. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm trying to think. Uh, kind of the Warriors when they were the eight seed, they were like one of those teams you didn't really know how to defend because they were yeah. so young and you're trying to figure them out. And but yeah, that I think if you get Philly as the two seed two seven matchup, you're you're kind of scared of them in the first round. Yeah. yeah, they're also that young team that like they're almost too young to know what they should be worried about. Like they're too young to know what they should be nervous about. Right. And I think that like like a mid-major in <laughs> well, that's exactly it and but there's but they have those guys and like and like every successful mid-major they have those two guys that are just like crypt that can be kryptonite and i and i i wonder you know i watching them last night was super impressive i mean joel Embiid can do things that like yeah you know he can do things that like six foot five guards can do but he's seven feet and um just the touch he has his footwork and then simmons too their their skill set per for their frame is just like it shouldn't be possible and so yeah as they develop i i I agree with you i think that they could be a playoff you know when things get so minute they could be a real playoff nightmare when everything gets put under the microscope for you know four five seven six seven games i mean yeah in the playoffs i mean ultimately it kind of because the teams see each other night after night they game plan for everything it kind of comes down to that top. Usually it comes down to like who has the better top end talent, who can sort of physically dominate. Like that kind of stuff matters more than it does in a regular season. Um, and, and I feel like Philly can match anybody with that. They don't have the experience yet, but those yeah. two guys, and also the, you know, the rest of their roster is improved. Like JJ Redick is a really good vet who's a great shooter. Robert Covington found his stroke again, and he's a very good role player and a very good defender. Great defender. Um, also, yeah. the thing, this is where, specifically against the Wizards, as, as sort of a fan observer, I worry a little bit about facing Philadelphia, is they also just have a ton of length if they want to. They can put out, like, they're, they're kind of like a, like an even longer version of Milwaukee when it comes to defense. And mm-hmm. I do think the Wizards tend to struggle a little bit against length across the board in terms of the, the guys that the Wizards, you know, the players we rely on. Um, you know, Beal, uh, like I said, he's really improved this year, but he's always struggled a little bit against longer, taller defenders. Um, you know, Wall is used to always having the physical advantages matchup, um, but, but that may not always be the case against, against Philadelphia. Um, Gortat, you know, as much as I like him, he's a solid player. You know, he's not like a, like a guy who really gets up high in the air. He's not a real vertical player. Uh, we've always seen him struggle against Whiteside. You know, I think, again, it's a length issue. Uh, And that could be something that's a concern for Washington, although you'd like to think that Washington's just greater experience um, would would sort of carry the day in that kind of series. But it'd be really interesting to see those two teams match up like in the first round. I would definitely be nervous as a Wizard fan. Also excited to see it because Philadelphia is kind of just fun to watch. But uh, I wouldn't feel totally confident that the Wizards were going to come out of that with a W. You, you've contributed to the Atlantic, Washingtonia Magazine, ESPN, uh, Sports on Earth, The Guardian. Are there any other storylines, if you were writing a story about the NBA, that you would focus on in this early season so far? Um, you know, I'm one thing that's pretty fascinating is just how the pace of the game in general continues to rise. Uh, and I, one thing I'm curious about is sort of how much faster can it get um, you know, how much better shape can guys get in? And at what point 
as are either diminishing returns on the floor or diminishing returns to the player's health. And I don't really mm-hmm. know the answer to that, but it does seem like the guys are, you know, playing harder, running more up and down the floor, in and out during plays, and sort of putting more demands on their body than ever before. The season's not getting shorter. I know the NBA started earlier this season to try to have fewer back-to-backs, fewer four games in five nights, give these guys more rest. I think that was a great idea. But I, I am curious. You know, we're in the middle of sort of this, this, this pace revolution, and it's great as a fan. I love watching fast-paced basketball a lot more. And I, I think it's good so much for the Wizards. John Wall excels in the open court. He excels at a faster pace. Um, but I do wonder, is it going to be great for these guys over the course of a long season? Yeah. Um, that might be a little bit of a nerdy answer and not an exciting No, one, no, I, I like that a lot. I feel like that's got analytics written all over it. And, and really, at the same time, you can talk to players about how it is affecting their pers- their, their bodies and and, you know, how coaches have to try to manage minutes. You see that all the time in the NBA now, really managing the players' minutes a little more. If you are a student at Georgetown University, I hope you enjoy taking Patrick's class. Uh, do you enjoy being a teacher? I do. It's really fun. Um, everybody should try it once. You should go back to wherever you went to school and stand in front of the class instead of in a seat. It's <laughs> a bit of a surreal experience. Honestly, nothing will make you feel older. But also, being around kids, like teaching them, also makes you feel young. So it's actually really great. How many Wizards fans do you have in your classes? Any? Um, I had a few. I had, I had one, actually, the, uh, a DC, uh, DC native. He wanted to actually write, like, a term paper about, like, the suffering and the struggle of being a DC sports fan. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Which is a yeah. legitimate subject. That's a legitimate subject. <laughs> I would say it's positive, but it's, it's a legit one. Yeah, you know, it is. Tough. Hopefully the Wizards make it less tough this year. Like I said, I mean, they're so far they're about what I expect. I, I, yeah, hopefully they'll they'll keep improving. And yeah, maybe next time we'll talk about the bench and we'll talk about some of the issues there. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing, tell them that all the, the the pro teams at least are making the playoffs. How tough would it be if you were in another right. city where they weren't even making the playoffs? Okay. Right. That I is will, rougher. For yeah. Sure. It's better. <laughs> you know, it's better. It's better to have things to complain about after a Wizards win or be complained because you expected even more from the team. Then to complain out of hopelessness or complain because there's nothing decent or fun to watch. There we go. We've been there in the recent past with the Wizards, so it's better to be where we are now. All right, well, thank you for joining us, Patrick. We really appreciate it. Uh, That'll end our podcast, WizKids, for Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring. Ciao for now. All right, WizKids, ciao for now. Thanks for listening to Off the Bench Wiz Kids, but there's more sports for you. Watching the game on the Monumental Sports Network app transforms live basketball into an interactive, personalized experience. Instantly switch between four live camera angles and even rewind to watch from a different angle. Start your free trial at GetMonumental.com.